Real quick, friends, before we dive into today's episode, I've got a special invitation for you to join me live and in person for my upcoming masterclass, Your Three-Step Visibility Engine. In this class, I'm giving you the juicy secrets to my playbook on showing up in front of a bigger audience and how you can create your playbook to use on rinse and repeat. Grab your seat at podcaster.com forward slash masterclass. See you there. On today's episode of the B Word Podcast, I brought in my friend, James Dunn. Loved this guy. Y'all, James is truly one of those people that just doesn't give a flying F. And mamas out there, if you have little people listening, you might want to pop your AirPods in because we do use the F-bomb. We are frequent flyers of it in this episode because James is just so authentic to himself and fully believes that sometimes a good F is just what needs to be said. My favorite part of this entire interview with James was digging into how he went from being a teenager who was arrested for armed robbery. Oh yeah. You heard that correctly to being a mindset coach to thousands across the country because he truly understands how to get you from heck no, I can't do that to F yes, I can. And he is a living example of everything he does. So settle in, grab a cup of coffee because this is oh so good and oh so juicy. I cannot wait to introduce you to my friend, James Dunn. The power of a podcast extends well beyond plugging in the mic. So if you're ready to learn how it can help you build a big business, then I'm your best friend. Hi, I'm Joanne Bolt and I am obsessed with all things podcasting and creating an unapologetically big revenue business with it. From podcast guesting to podcast hosting and everything in between, we're going to dive into it all and show you step by awesome step how using a podcast can and will grow your business. So grab a glass of wine and pop your headphones on because girlfriend, happy hour has begun here on The B Word. All right. So James, welcome to the B word. This is going to be one of the most fascinating conversations I've probably had in several weeks because you and I both dropped the F-bomb. We are like frequent flyers of it. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's kick it off with an F-bomb just to, to start the I show mean, I right. love it when we meet up on our weekly networking call that Jillian hosts and you're the only guy on the call. Yeah. most of the time. And you just start everything off with hello. Fuck yes. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's just one of those things you've just got to be true to yourself. And it's something I was so scared of for so long, literally to say the word fuck, because we get into certain circles and certain groups and we present ourselves a certain way, like very quote unquote professionally that I have to speak a certain way. And yeah, that was a big pivotal point in my life when I finally just opened up to letting everybody know that I cuss. Because if you hang out with me for more than 10 minutes, you're going to hear it. And I was even in a um, mastermind and they said, what's your superpower? And you know, when you're trying to think off the flies, like oh, my superpower is I can drop an F-bomb in every conversation we ever have. Because that's just who I am. So, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I didn't say an F-bomb. I said F, you know, I said fuck. Yeah. Well, the first time my mom ever heard me say fuck, she was horrified, you know, and she's like, <laughs> Honestly, she was grabbing out the Bible and she's like, Joanne, we are Christians. We love Jesus. We don't say those words. And I will tell you, I was like 15. And so I immediately grabbed the Bible from her and I'm probably going to really piss a lot of people off by saying this because I am very faith driven. Mm -hmm. However, I pulled the Bible. I said, mom, 
biblically, it actually says you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. So I won't say GD. Yeah. Because to me, that's taking his name in vain. I said, but a good fuck sometimes, like it just, it's the only thing you can use to communicate. For real. I'm for real. I was going to say, show me in the Bible where it says you can't say the word fuck. I get exactly where you're at because I used to do the same thing. I'm not religious at all, but that was the one thing. I'm like, we're not going to go there. We're not going to say those words. You know, those right. two. Like, I'll draw the line there, yeah. but I, my personality is a little bit more like to the point. I, I'm not a woo woo. I'm, I'm a how to. Like, yeah. let me just give you the how to and break it down in a very real way. And for me, like, I fluffy words just don't work for me. Well, and diving a teeny bit into the woo-woo, I mean, everything is all energy and we all have to present our energy and fuck sometimes is just the only way to say the word and truly get that, like you just said, get that feeling across that emotion across. And I can't, I love Gary V, you know, Gary V. I remember even seeing a video with him one time and somebody was asking him, like, do you talk this way in front of your kids? It's like, of course, yeah. you know, and, and he was saying, that's just how I am. That's how I grew up. That's the way I feel. Like when I talk about my people, it's like, do I give a, do I give a hoot about my people? No, I give a fuck about my people. That's just the emotion for me. And I just, it's not the same. So you just got to be yourself. And if people love that, great. If they don't more power to you, I'm not trying to intentionally push you away from me, but I just want to be my authentic self. And you be your authentic self. Well, and when you are niched down and you are really speaking to your client and you want to say a cuss word or, you know, an, a culturally unacceptable word, yeah, you're just repelling the people that shouldn't be working with you anyway. Yeah. Because the ones that lean into it are the ones that aren't going to the fluffy coaches and the fluffy teachers and the, you know, they need you to be a little bit more raw and, and this is how they think. And so they need you in that world. Yeah. I've even turned down podcast interviews or speaking engagements where this word was not allowed. You know, I've specifically said, it'd be like the last question before we get ready to talk about something or, you know, put me into a position to talk someplace. I'm like, I just have one, one thing I got to know. Is it okay if I say the word fuck? It's like, I'm not going to intentionally like make it a point to say it, but I guarantee you as I get into flow, that's going to come out. And I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to upset anybody. And so I don't want to be you know, having you bring me into something and having to pretend that I'm not something I, you know, that I'm not or whatever. Um, I got to be me because that's, what's going to connect with the people. That's what you're bringing me in for is to be my true authentic self. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where people get so scared is if I am my authentic self, it's going to repel some people, but we need to repel some people in life. Like I said, we're yeah, only we cannot be act. the all being for everybody. No, you know, I was asked to speak on a real estate stage one time and they sent me over a contract, which is normal, you know, yeah. when you're speaking on stage and I read the contract and it actually said, I, I believe they inserted it for me because they, they knew who they were getting <laughs> when they, you know, uh, asked me to speak. And yeah. the contract actually had in there that if I were, you know, the amount they, they were going to pay me. And uh-huh. if I were to drop an F bomb, then uh-huh. I no longer get paid. And so mm. I sent them politely back the contract and said, I'm going to save you this 10 grand. And yeah. I don't need to speak at your conference because if you want me for my expertise and what I bring to your audience, then you can't also restrict me on how I present it. No, no, because now they ended up taking that part out of the contract and bringing me in anyway. But I was like, it's interesting that they just wanted to handcuff me that way, you know, like know who you're bringing in people. Yeah. and, And I love that you stood your ground and as a bonus, well, I also knew that I would probably drop one and I would not get paid anyway. <laughs> so I was like, I might as well just lose this gig because I'm going to end up violating it's the coming contract. out. Yeah, it's coming out. 
Yeah, it's coming yeah. out. All right. So now that, that we've done this very long-winded like <laughs> intro to you, James, tell everyone exactly what it is you do. Oh man, that's always such a fun, fun question. So I'll, I'll share with you my elevator pitch that we we get to share in the you know networking call that we talk about because that kind of sums it up in the easiest, quickest fashion. So hello everybody, my name is James Dunn. I was adopted. I grew up in a household with an alcoholic father, and I was arrested for attempted armed robbery when I was 17 years old. And so, why am I sharing that with you in this introduction here on this podcast today with Joanne? Well, because while you may not have gone through any one of those specific set of circumstances, you've gone through your own version of them. Could be you lost a job, could be you had a divorce, you got picked on as a kid. Something in your life has created this little voice in the back of your head, makes you doubt yourself, question yourself, and not believe what you're truly capable in. And what I do as a mindset coach and as a podcast host is I help you teach that little voice, shut the fuck up, get out of your own way and move from unsure to unstoppable. And that's me. I love it. So if you've been listening to the B word for a hot second, you know that we cater to women. That is our primary audience here. So we don't have many dudes um, on the podcast. So For me to have you on, I think tells my audience just how much I absolutely adore you because it's been weeks on this networking call and literally it took us months to actually make this podcast happen. But from the first time I ever met you, I was like, I have to have him on the pod. He's so good. He's so authentic. Wow. Well, I, I, I respect that. And I appreciate that. And like, and we're like talking about Red Forge, I'm to call it no pressure whatsoever for me to deliver any kind of value today whatsoever. If there's, I'm one of the few guys and especially with a, uh, you know, compliment such as that, but I really appreciate that. And, you know, I touched on it before. It took me so long to get to that level of honesty and transparency. And I think we have to be very careful too, because some people will use that almost as a crutch. It's almost, you know, they're wanting to gain attention from that. But the reason I have gotten very comfortable with it and why I share so openly is my own transformation came from being open and vulnerable in a very safe space and hearing other people's stories and that letting me see that, Hey, I've gone through the things I shared with my, you know, alcoholic father being adopted, being arrested for an armed robbery. I was I had my first kid when I was 21 years old, you know, all these crazy things in my life that created the story. At least I created the story in my head around and told myself, well, you suck. You came from this very small town. You had all these things happen. You can't go off and be successful. You can't have a happy marriage. You can't have a happy life. All these things that we dream of, you can't have that because all this happened to you. But then when I got into a safe space and an environment where people were sharing their stories and then also how they were able to overcome that and move forward and create these amazing lives. I'm like, well, wait a minute, the fuck am I crying about? Cause my dad drank a few beers too many, you know, or whatever, or because this happened to me, I don't have to let any of that dictate where I move from here. I can say, yes, that's a piece of me. That's a part of me. And I don't have to hide it. People will still accept me if I share that with them and I can grow, you know, get out there and have an amazing, wonderful, incredible life. Everything I've ever dreamed of. It's all there for me. If I just choose to, not let any of that stuff define me. I feel like we are in a culture now where people are being more authentic than they used to be, mm. but there's still that certain gap of the people that, you know, they don't want to, they, they feel like they're being authentic yeah. and sharing the real them, but they also don't want to tell the deepest, darkest pieces of them. Yeah. So can we loop around? Cause this is one of the pieces I know my audience is probably like fascinated and, and catched on to the armed robbery. Like, how do you get to that point? And then you have to make a decision, right? Yeah. I'm either going to continue going down this path or 
oh shit, I'm going to change my life. Like, was it the armed robbery that changed or the attempt that changed the life or was it something that happened after? Can you, can you tell me a little bit more about that piece? Yeah. And the attempted armed robbery was the one I got arrested for. There was an armed robbery in there as well. So oh, nice. Okay. It's all good. It was, it wasn't just a one-time thing. It was an evolution of, so growing up with my dad being an alcoholic, he and I butted heads. I grew up in a very small town, very country town. It was all hunting, fishing. That was the kind of mentality there. And that was just never my thing. I was always more of the bright lights, big city kind of kid. That's always the dreams and feelings that I had, the things that I connected to. And so my dad and I had a disconnect right from the get-go. And then his alcoholism, you know, really exacerbated that. And we literally got into physical confrontations over the years for different things. And so just getting into this situation where life just wasn't going the way that I thought it should go. It's like, I see these these things on TV and in movies and whatever, here's what I want, but I, I see none of that. And so just not feeling like I was ever going to have the life I wanted, then that's when you start rebelling. You start pushing back. You start going out and just vandalizing things. That's where it all starts like stupid little stuff like vandalism. You know, I'm going to throw a beer bottle at this window or something, or I'm going to tear down. Well, it, I remember even one time going out, I look back now. I'm like, God, I was such a fucking dick. You know, me and my friends this Christmas time, you know, as we're recording this podcast and we would sometimes go and take people's Christmas decorations in their front yard and just like run off with them, like yank mm. their Christmas lights off, you know, just being jerks uh, because we wanted attention. I see this now, you know, we wanted attention some way, somewhere, somehow, and we would take it in a negative way if that's what it took. But it was going from things like that, then to shoplifting, then to breaking into houses. And then a friend of mine, um, he lost his mother and his stepfather got kind of suckered into people taking money from him because they were saying they were gypsies and they were saying that they were contacting her spirit and that if they just if he just gives her money, then we'll we'll have her talk to you and all this crap. So we eventually ended up going out and robbing these people to take that money back. So we thought we were being good. Like, well, we're going to take these money back from these people that stole it from our, you know, my friend's stepdad. Oh, so and you were being like the Robin Hood? Yeah, that's who we were. We were the good guys. What are you talking about? But then once we saw that we could go make all this money, then we're, well, we're going to go do this other one. I'm going to do this other one and this other, you know. So it became this little ring, you know, a few of us, you know, going through all this, get arrested, 17 years old and... It wasn't even then. I mean, then, you know, looking through that little, I pray none of you have ever been in jail, but when you're 17 years old and you're in a jail cell and your parents come up and you have to look through this little bitty window, you know, and see your parents and see that disappointment on their face of like, what happened? Why are you here? You know, what's, what did we do wrong? Mm-hmm. So that's where the seed really got planted of, this is not my fucking life, man. This is not the path that I'm destined to be on. And I know this, you know, and I just talked about it. Like you want that attention, but then when you, you see the disappointment on your parents' face, you're like, something's got to change. And I didn't instantly turn a corner, but at least open the door for me to say, this is not the direction that you want to go. Something needs to stop here. And it was, you know, number of years later before the full turn happened, but that was where the first pivot really came from. Fascinating. I think we all have those pivots in our life. Yeah. To be able to pinpoint it, I think is really critical in the becoming of, of who you are now, probably. Yeah. 
because I know one of the biggest things that I share with people as I work with them and coach them is the awareness, you know, like what's going on in my life that doesn't match up with what I truly want. And I think a big piece of this too, is letting go of the judgment side of it, because that's where it can really go into a negative spiral is, okay, yes, I become aware that I'm, I've got this path that I'm down, that I'm headed down and it's not what I want. But then if I start judging myself for it, well, then what happens is then I'm going to start, you know, behaving in a much more negative way because like, oh, well, I suck again. I'm, I'm re reinforcing that negative belief system of, oh, I suck. I'm terrible. I I'm a bad person. So I might as well, I've already thrown my life away. I might as well go ahead and keep robbing people and this, whatever. But when you can let go of that judgment, it's like, no, wait a minute. It's okay. These are just actions. I didn't, I didn't realize at the time, but it's like realizing these were just actions that I took. It wasn't me. I still knew deep down. I was able to see deep down that I was something different than what I was doing. So did you have someone who mentored you and helped you through this path? And that's why now you do the same thing. Did you have a counselor or was it really you had to dig in and do the work and figure this out for yourself that put you in the position now to, to do the same for others? Yeah. Unfortunately it was, it was me having to do the work myself for many years. So that was like the first moment where the seed was planted. This is not me. I mean, I still drank, I still partied and everything, but we fast forward a few years. Like I said, that was a 17 year old at 21 years old, a month shy of my 22nd birthday. My son was born. His mother and I were both drinking and partying all the time. She was, I was just strictly drinking. So I was the good guy. Again, I'm the good guy. I'm always the good guy. I was just drinking. She was drinking and doing drugs and all these other things. And seeing that we had a child that we had to raise, like, wait, one of us, you know, has to like be the responsible one. So that's when I cut back a little bit more on the, the drinking side of things. Our, our marriage didn't last any time whatsoever because that just wasn't what she was in for. Um, and then a few years after that, I got a, an opportunity to work in a business that taught me, you know, that started showing me about setting goals and getting into personal development. And that's when the door started cracking open a little more. I'm like, well, wait a minute, there, there really is this other life that I can have. And that was also about the time I'm going to date myself here. That was also about the time where Tony Robbins was doing like the midnight infomercials. And I literally, I just, I just found it a couple of days ago in my closet. I've still got my old Tony Robbins cassette tape series. So that tells I'm not you how even old. sure some of these listeners know what a cassette tape is, what, but what is I got that? you. I feel you. Yeah. I think we're the same age. <laughs> but yeah, I just found that. And so it was seeing that was the next little kind of pivot point, you know, shift me a little bit. And it was all these gradual little nudges into the right direction. I wish I had condensed it, you know, and thankfully we're in an era now where you can condense that time frame. But myself, this was you know, years later, I, like I said, I found that, you know, cassette tape series had that job that started teaching me about smart goals and seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey and all these books that mm -hmm. you know teach you how to quote unquote, fix your life. But fast forward almost 14 years, I find myself getting my second divorce, my second kid that I'm going to have to raise now in a split home. I'm like, dude, what the fuck's going on here? I, two divorces, one common denominator. It's me. I'm the one that has to change. I can't blame my first wife who I did after the first divorce because I'm like, well, again, I'm the good guy. She's drinking and partying and doing all these things and cheating on me. I just, I'm the nice guy that's always here for her. But when the second wife, you know, came along and the cycle happens again, and it's not the exact same face and not the exact same scenario, but the exact same outcome. Again, what's that common denominator? It's me. So that's when I had to really dive deep into what 
what am I not doing? I'm reading all the books and I think I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but what's, what's, what's missing here. And it wasn't the implementation. It wasn't taking the action. I had been reading the books and listening to the tapes and I could regurgitate all of the things you're supposed to do, but I wasn't actually doing the damn mm. work. So you had the tools, you just didn't have the capacity to implement them or you didn't want to implement them. I didn't have anybody holding me accountable right? because we fall into this trap sometimes where we're the biggest fish in the small pond mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So if I looked at no offense to the people I was around or anything like that, I was on this path of really you know, improving my life, but I wasn't around anybody who was holding me accountable or showing me like even to the next level, really. And so when you're almost leading the pack, even if you're fucked up, as long as you're less fucked up than the other people, you're still feeling like you're doing a pretty good job. And that's kind of, I think what happened was I thought I was doing a great job because I'm talking to all these people. It's like, oh, here's how this would help you in your life. And here, if you did this, if you tried that, this would be wonderful. It'd be great. But there was nobody that I was looking at directly in my circle that was two or three steps ahead of me that I could be like, oh, but here's where I need to improve. Mm. You know, other than people like Tony Robbins or these people that we see on TV And I had this big separation of, well, yeah, there's the gap. They're unattainable for you at that point. Yeah. In the coaching space, we know this, that if you're too far ahead of the people you're trying to work with, then they can't relate to you. And that's what happened to me was I'm like, well, it's Tony Robbins, dude. Come on. Guys on TV. He's a millionaire. He's in calories. That's Tony Robbins. So I can't be him, but I can just be me. And, and eventually what did happen was I went to a Tony Robbins event and got around those people who were that in between spaces you know, who weren't to his level yet, but they were living a quote unquote better life than me. They were a few steps ahead of me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. They've gone through the challenges. They've done the work and they've gotten to where I want to be. So now I need to really start stepping up my game and, and putting these things into place and doing that's where the authenticity factor came in was sharing stories with them and hearing their stories. That's, that's when the true, if I consider the biggest pivot of all, that was it because that's when it all came together. I felt that, okay, here's all these little things that have been little seeds before and ideas, but here's where the the rubber meets the road and actually taking the actions and getting myself into bigger circles and around other people that can show me the path and, and also hold me accountable. There's also that factor of you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. You know, so if you are the big fish in the little pond and you don't even realize that that is what's occurring, and then you go get in some rooms because you decide to invest in personal development or whatever it is. And you have no idea, no expectations of what to get out of those rooms. But then it's like the scales fall off yeah. and you start realizing that there is a next level of person that is not got that gap between you and Tony Rock. They are the gap. And yeah. can you be around them? And suddenly you start learning from them what you didn't know. Yeah. You didn't know. Yeah. It humanizes it because when you read it in a book, you're seeing it on a video, somebody else, again, we don't see like the behind the scenes as much. We don't hear the doubts that they have in their head or the struggles they go through. And that is one beautiful thing about some of the authenticity that's coming out more and more. Although I do have to stop here for one second. If you're crying on fucking camera, please stop. Yeah. There's nobody. I don't, I mean, Nobody is in a true authentic moment going, I'm crying. This is really sad. Oh, wait, let me get a camera and show people. That just yeah, drives no. me nuts. So anyway. Yeah. We don't need to that, see the ugly cry. I, the one, uh, oh my God, um, Amy Porterfield, she's got a great saying. It's like, show me the scars. Don't show me the wound. Yeah, like, I love that. Show me while her. you're crying. You can tell me after the fact that I broke down today. I did this. Tell me how you heal from that. But don't show me while you're crying because that 
to me, that's just, that's not real. No, anyway, I agree. I, I digress. Well, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your coaching program and let's, let's tell our audience exactly what you do, how you work with them, how they would work with you and what they would get out of it. Yeah. So it's actually evolving a lot, literally as we speak. So used to, it was a lot of one-on-one. That was like the primary focus of my coaching was working one-on-one with people. And I've been shifting it as we roll into this new year where it's going to be a little more focused on programs. I've got the Mindset Blueprint, Mindset Breakthrough Accelerator is a program I'm going to be launching after the first year. And it will be a course where we go, you know, like an eight-week type course where we're going to work through all those limiting beliefs, those mindset um, blocks that you have and just creating new identities. And I know this sounds like a lot of work. I'm like, why do I want to like do all this craziness? But it's changed. It's, it's, it's always so hard to just like put it into tiny little words that are really going to resonate with people, but it's letting go of all the bullshit stories that we've told ourselves. It's all it is. It's stories and learning how to let go of that story because we all deserve an amazing, incredible life and just learning to develop those habits, those routines, those disciplines that allow you to just open yourself up to the possibility. Is there going to be work involved? Fuck yes. I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to be, we're literally not going to sit around and burn incense and just I'm going to feel really good today and everything's going to be perfect today. No, that's not exactly how it works. Is that a part of it? Sure. You've got to change that mindset. You got to open your mind up to what's possible, but you still have to take action. You still have to have some discipline and that's the kinds of things we're going to work on. But I'm also crafting some little, I I haven't really come up with a catchy name for this just yet, but it's going to be like a 90 day sprint. You know, I I'm all about marathon mindset. That's kind of like my, my thing. Cause Part of my evolution also was running my very first marathon when there was a time in my life when I thought uh, running was just the dumbest thing ever. I mean, literally the story of how I got into it was I went over to my now ex-wife's best friend's house. Her husband had a little medal on the wall. I saw it. I'm like, what's that for? And he's like, oh, I ran a 5K. I'm like, what the fuck's a 5K? You know, he's like, oh, it's this this race is like 3.1 miles. I'm like, you ran 3.1 miles for fun? Are you fucking stupid? Like, right? that's just the dumbest thing ever. But jealousy kicked in. I'm like, well, I got to have a medal. I got to have one of those. <laughs> I, I, I'm a man. But if he's got a medal, I got to have a medal on my wall. So when people come over and thankfully now I've got like five or six medals over on my wall. But it's all about this mindset that we build that it's it's the the long race. You know, stop looking at everything from like, I got to have it right now. But there are certain things that we want to have. Like it's a shorter spurt. You know, it's, it's going to be, you know, a sprint. And so I'm working on like a 90 day sprint. If we've got a specific goal that you're looking for that you just need that extra person in your ear to help you stay motivated, stay disciplined, stay on track, and maybe help you develop some of those thoughts and those belief systems. We're going to work on that as well. So those are my two things that I'm working on as we roll into the new year. I I love the idea of a sprint. I really do. And I feel like, especially in the podcasting world, so many people start a podcast and they immediately think, oh, I'm going to get monetization or 35,000 new clients and a million downloads. You know, I'm going to be Amy Porterfield yeah. in my first year. And none of them take the time to look and realize like it took her 14 years to get to yeah. where she is. It took Jenna Kutcher 10 years, you know, like Nally Ellis of boss babe. She's been doing this for a hot second. Yeah. It's a marathon, but you've got to start off with the sprint of getting the right mindset that you're in this for the long haul not the immediate satisfaction of a million downloads. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to treat this. I mean, 
I look at this and this also, I think helps with people who are getting frustrated. I just dropped a podcast episode today as we're recording this and it was talking about frustration. You know, people get so frustrated so quickly and so easily. And, and to me, it's just a mindset shift. Well, what are you expecting? You're expecting something right here, right now. Things didn't go the way that you wanted to. But if you look at this from a lifestyle, how is this? I mean, I'm 52 years old. I'm planning on living to be a hundred and very active, very, you know, enjoying life, not in a freaking, you know, retirement, home, home, you know, kind of thing. Home. Yeah. Getting nurses feeding me, which I mean, Hey, that'd be great. But you know, I'm, I'm looking at this from the long haul. So I've got 48 more years. If I look at it from that perspective to grow this thing and build this thing. And so if I can let go of that, I have to have everything right now, even though I do want some results. If I let go of that, then that takes away a lot of that frustration. I'm like, oh, well, wait, what did I learn today? Okay, what can I improve today? And maybe I'm doing the right thing, but maybe it's just going to take a little longer to do it. Maybe it is something I need to adjust. But letting go of that immediate expectation of I have to have this result in this exact moment helps you free up so much energy and just get those doubts out of your head. Because again, it's all, it's all about you're doubting it because you don't see it right then in front of your face. And part of that is the error we're in. Mm. You know, you can DoorDash your food instantly. You can Instacart your groceries instantly. You can go on Amazon and order something and get it within 24 hours. And in some cases, the same day. Yeah. So there's a very difficulty, I think, for a lot of us in, we're so used to other things being instant Mm -hmm. and then stepping back and realizing that pieces of the business are not going to be instant because we're not ready for it. And I think that's really why they can't be instant. No. And I shared this on the networking call uh, last week, I think it was. So not just a couple days ago, but it was right around Thanksgiving. And so we did a gratitude exercise. And it's like, what are you thankful for? And what I shared was I was thankful for the things that did not happen the way that I wanted to this past year, because there was a certain level of success that I was aiming for that if it had happened, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't have the systems in place. And it was through the struggles of getting closer and closer to that goal that I realized like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not ready for like, say all this extra clientele or all these other things coming in, because if all this came in, then I would be overwhelmed because I don't have the systems in place to handle it. And this is where that marathon mindset really helps you because even if you're not a runner, you can really take this to heart is, as I said, I I thought the idea of running 3.1 miles was freaking stupid. It was insane. Like, I can't even do that. First time I went out for a run, literally it was like a block and a half. I'm like, okay, break time. I'm good. I can't run anymore. <laughs> but as you get into this marathon mindset, you start out, you build yourself up to a point where you get to three miles and you run that comfortably. And then you run three miles and then four miles, and then you run three miles and then five miles and then four miles and then five miles. Each week, you're slowly building yourself up. So where at one point, 26.2 miles was literally an insane, unfathomable idea. It got to the point where that was just like, okay, yeah, that's what I'm going to do Saturday. That's what, okay. I'm going to go run out. I'm going to run 20 miles. No big deal. You know, it's like, I look at, and no offense to anybody that has never run a 5k, but I don't run 5ks anymore. Like where you go sign up, like the Turkey trots and these things, I don't do them because to me, a 5k is a fucking joke at this point. I've just run so much. It is so beyond normal. I could sit on my couch for six months and still get up and go run a 5k and I'll be winded. I wouldn't be perfect at it. I wouldn't be my fastest at it. But I've built that belief system in myself that a 5K is easily, that's going to happen. There's zero question in my head. And so that's what we need to look at as we're growing our businesses and working in our lives is take the time to build that foundation 
to where it becomes just rock solid. Something you think right now is so far out of, out of your reach. If you continue to do that work day after day after day and stop expecting the immediate results, you will get to a point where this 10,000, you know, dollar a month goal or this hundred thousand dollar year or whatever your goal is. And this becomes the norm that becomes mm. unquestionable. This is going to happen. I can stretch myself to bigger, but this is, I don't want to say easy, but this is a fucking given. Yeah. You're not doing a stretch goal anymore. You're no. just doing, you're just doing that. I know I can do this yeah. in my sleep goal. Yeah. Which doesn't really actually get you anywhere as a business owner. No. I mean, but maybe like some cash you, in the bank, but does point. it really get you anywhere? No. Yeah. It's, it's one of those where you just get to, okay, this is my base. Like say, this is my base. I don't even, I, I can't remember the last time I, I ran less than three miles, four miles. You know, it's just, if I go out, it's at least three or four miles. I was, I was on a mastermind call a couple of months ago and, and I didn't know the person leading the mastermind as well as I do now mm-hmm. probably should have investigated it just a little <laughs> bit more, but I was on this 2023, I'm going to put myself in all these rooms kick. And I had to call the mastermind leader the day after the very first call. And I said, I'm in the wrong group because mm-hmm. when we went around as a group and stated our goals uh-huh. Everyone else in the room was, oh, I want to hit a $5,000 a month. I want to hit a $2,000 a month. I want to hit, you know, and I was like, that's so below my norm yeah. that I think I will not get any, what I need to out of this mastermind. Yeah. And thankfully, the, the leader had another level, another group that she, you know, shifted me into. But yeah. I was like, I don't need to be the big fish in this room. I need to be in a room where they're wanting, you know, hundred thousand dollar months, not years, because that's more, you know, that's, that's going to stretch me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you've got to get, and I love that you recognize that and you share that because you definitely have to get into a room that's going to push you and challenge you. One caveat to that is also be careful not to get yourself into too big of a room Yeah, because I've had that experience where I got into a mastermind where I was just starting my coaching business and the leader got up there. And like you said, they were sharing their goals. Like, Hey, what's your goal right now? And we were, I forgot, I think we had the meeting somewhere like June, July, something like that. And the the question was, what's your goal for the rest of the year? And everybody's going around kind of sharing their goals. And the person behind me said, my goal is to make an extra $200,000 in my business by the end of the year. And again, I'm just starting. So I'm like almost making zero. And I'm like, holy fuck, what did she just say? Like an extra 200,000? <laughs> Can I make the first 200,000 in my business? But she wants to make an extra 200,000. So that triggered me. You know, it was, it's one of those, yes, you want to be in a room where people are pushing you. But again, if you get to that point where- But you don't want to be in the room though, where you just sit back and think, oh, fuck, yeah. I, I have nothing to talk to these people about. Exactly. Nothing. You don't want to be where you have to hide yourself because you're afraid to say anything because you are so small compared to where they're at. And it's not, they're going to judge you, but it's, it's not the place you want to be, you know, really. Right. All right, James. So tell everyone what is the name of your podcast and how can they listen to it? So it's unsure to unstoppable. Unsure to unstoppable. Oh, I love yes. that. That gives me chills. Yes. And everywhere. what is the, your preferred method of them getting in touch with you? Oh man. It's, I mean, Instagram's probably the easiest way. Although I have my love hate relationship with Instagram right now. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. It, it's probably the best way. I, I use Instagram the most for communicating. Now, whether you're going to find the majority of my content on there moving forward, who knows? 
but it's at least probably the best place to find me in terms of connection. I'm on Facebook, I'm on TikTok, but you know, the podcast is obviously where you can hear from me every single week. Right now I'm doing weekly episodes. There is a plan in place to bump that up to a couple of episodes a week. Um, but yeah, Instagram at the real James Dunn is where you can find me because there's all these fake James Dunn's out there. Come on. I got a, the real James Dunn. That's I me. know I, there's so many Joanne bolts. I'm like, no, it's Joanne bolt. Like it's me. Well, and a cool side fact there, if you, I'm Hollywood, you know, LA, that's my, that's where my heart is always at, but on the walk of fame, there are actually two oh, there's stars. A, there's two James Dunn. Yes, there's two James Dunn stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So I think that's such a cool thing. That is cool. I don't have a, a Walk of Fame star that I can go and claim as mine. Um, yeah. But maybe one day. So. Someday. And it'll be yours, not some other random dude. Damn that straight it will. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, and and then I'll I'll let everyone go. But so my kids, one of them's 13 and one of them's 15. The 13-year-old realized the other day that I have a verified badge on Instagram and all of her friends were just fascinated. Oh my God, your mom has a verified badge. She's verified. She's going to be famous on Instagram. And I'm laughing. I'm like, um, you can actually just pay for that. You know, like, and I do because of security reasons. Um, I I will openly say, yes, I pay for the verified badge for the security reasons, but I'm cracking up because she's like, when are we going to get brand deals? And da, 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 da. and I was like, is this your version of a Hollywood star? Like the verification badge? But I think it really is. It is. Yeah. It's so weird how, I mean, that's changed. I mean, it, it's yeah. Kids these days. Gotta love them. All right, guys, this has been amazing. If you loved it as much as I did, do me a favor, go right now to the B word drop a review for me and let me know what your biggest aha moment from James was because I I want to hear from you and I want to share it with him as well because I know that he loves pouring into everyone just like I do. And then go and listen to his podcast because clearly that's where you need to go after this one. Well, of course. Absolutely. Keep building that dream empire of yours. Your message does not have to be perfect. It is perfect for someone. And I will see you guys same time, same place next week. You just finished another episode of the B Word Podcast. Cheers to you. If I were with you, I would literally pop a big old bottle of Prosecco and pour you a glass. Since I'm not, why don't you do the next best thing and share this episode with one of your besties? Because we all know you've got that one girlfriend that needs to hear it. Thanks, friends.